You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 203, sponsored by Iverse Comics, Audible.com, Discount Comic Book Service, and iFanboy listeners like you. fanboy.com pick of the week podcast episode 203 my name is connor q kilpatrick it is not and i'm here with jay flanagan that's pretty much right <laughs> and ronald j richards the second i didn't know your middle name so yes. you motherfucker <laughs> that's josh knows my middle name god <laughs> is I it the, I, know, I, I know your middle initial that's not the same thing <laughs> it's his. It's, it's, it is. It is his Twitter address, Ron. Oh right, oh, motherfucker! It's not, and it's, it's almost every email I have. <laughs> by the way, it's not like it's a hidden thing. All right, Observant. then. We are the Observant Fellows from iFanboy.com who <laughs> like comic books. We read comic books, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the one they liked the best or their best one, and they write about it on the website, and we talk about it on the podcast along with other topics of interest in the comic book realm. But before we get to the show, we like what? I I think we should add observant fellows to the permanent script. By the way, I would like to observant fellows. I'd like to add a a gentility to the show, which we have previously lacked. (laughs) We do like southern gentlemen. Continue, sir. (laughs) I say. (laughs) Let's let's remind you all before we get going that it is a review show. We don't like to ruin your comic book reading experience by spoiling the stories. So pause the show. Come back later after you're done reading. It'll be fun for you. Less stressful for us when we get all the emails complaining. Fun for the whole family. What ho! <laughs> Ronald J. Richards II, you had the pick of the week. I did have the pick of the week, and mother son of a rocker girl. <laughs> that was the sound. That's the sound of frustration I had as I walked out of my comic book store. Because you see, I wasn't supposed to have the pick this week. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm foolishly going on vacation. I will not be here next week. And so. To not screw up our scheduling, Josh and I swapped. Right. Josh was supposed to have the pick this week, and Josh was supposed to deal with the tidal wave of comic books that came out this big week. Big win, I, big win, ding, ding, ding. Go I, bought, I bought like 20 books. I didn't get home until like 8 o'clock. I was reading until like midnight. Oh, God, it was miserable. But I loved every minute of it because there was so many good stuff. There was, just there was a, a lot of good books this a week. Great a great week of comics. Um, and... Uh, it was funny because normally I don't like to talk about what I'm reading during, you know, like I don't Twitter about it or I talk about what I'm reading. I just kind of go in a little fortress of solitude. But I snarkily made a comment on Twitter about Fantastic Four number 571, making fun of a typo I found. And I, and I said, oh, you came so close with that damn typo. And I got through the rest of my books. I'm like, you know, not one single book in my stack had me nearly as impressed and excited as Fantastic Four number 571. Um, and so it ended up being the pick of the week. Um, Jonathan Hickman is the writer. Dale Eaglesham is the artist. And we've known about Hickman and Eaglesham taking on Fantastic Four since February? New York. Yeah, yeah well, New uh, York. April. No, February. It's February this year. Yeah, February. And um, and it's been and, – and Hickman did that little miniseries, which was really good, but it, it wasn't really the full potential you know, with Eaglesham on board. And it, a couple times over the past six months, I've kind of forgot they were doing it. Then it was, but it was also tied into the Secret Invasion directly, so it wasn't exactly. like you could tell its own story. Exactly. So, But now this is the second issue. It feels like the first issue just came out. Um, yep. You know, so they appear to be they appear to be running on time, at least two issues in, and you know, and I talked a lot about it in my review. But the thing is, like, I I was very vocal this year uh, criticizing Fantastic Four, uh, stating that you know after Miller and Hitch's uh, pretty much. You know, I don't want to say it's a failed run. It was good, but non non event run. It didn't matter. It didn't, it didn't uh, spark it, the audience's uh, excitement. For exactly the way they were hoping. Exactly. So after that, I said, you know, I think Fantastic Four's time might be up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Marvel, this will be the last comic book Marvel publishes. It was the first one. It will be the last. They will never cancel it. We will, you know, we will always, as long as Marvel's around, we will have a Fantastic Four book. Um, well, who knows? That's a leap. As of about a month ago, that was true. But, you know, who knows? Um, but uh, if Roy Disney likes it, then maybe it will stick around. Uh, is he still involved in Disney? No. Cryogenically frozen Walt gives yeah. it a heads up. Say Bob exactly. Iger. 
Bob Iger. So, um, so, uh, and, but I thought that maybe, you know, maybe it's not going to connect with our, you know, modern sensibilities. Maybe the idea has been, you know, kind of played out. And, you know, a big part of it is, is that every creative team that comes onto it always makes some reference to, Kirby and Lee and their run on it and how the Fantastic Four is about a family but cosmic problems and all these sort of things. And they and they all I feel as if everybody's always living in the shadow of, of Stan and Jack, which is hard not to is hard to, is a hard shadow to get out of. Um, but nobody's really moved the Fantastic Four forward in, in into you know into modern times. Um, Byrne maybe came, maybe did it a little, maybe inched it a little in the eighties when he was on it. Um, Wade and McDuffie came closest, I think, in this in this decade working on it and with great runs. Um, but two issues in, I, like, and I knew Hickman was going to be good for this. Like, I knew, like, we we said it. Hickman is a writer. If you read Nightly News, if you read Pax Romana, he's a writer with big ideas, and he's a smart guy. I always feel so stupid when after I finish reading one of his comics. And we um, made him. Yeah, <laughs> we, we made him. Make. We did. It's true. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, you know, so I, I, he, I knew he'd be perfect for it as long as he didn't get sucked into the same traps that everyone else does. Um, I didn't realize it would take two issues before he kind of came into his own on it. Um, um, but this issue blew me away. It picks up where the last issue left off. Uh, his first issue, 570, ended with the um, revelation that uh, Reed stumbled upon this kind of uh, place in between all the alternate universes of the, of the Marvel Universe where there's all these incarnations of Reed Richards's. And they form the council, or the council of reeds, as I like to call them. Um, and essentially, it's just every from the Alan Moore concept of the multiverse in, in Marvel. For every Earth, there is a Reed Richards, and they are all gathering and, and working on ways to make the multiverse a, a better place. Wait, wait, wait! Do you mean that more writers are building off of what Alan Moore did? Yeah, amazing, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> so this issue picks up, and the and I gotta admit, the first three pages of this book were not only great and visually beautiful by Eaglesham, but ballsy as hell because Galactus has become kind of like we joked about how like the Punisher the Punisher is like the the last page oh shit moment for like the street level characters. And for the cosmic books, Galactus is like this big baddie that they're gonna bring in to have impact. You know, I remember reading Silver Surfer and every time Galactus showed up it's like, oh Nova did it a couple you know a couple of months ago and oh Galactus is there. Um you know, and, and it's the kind of thing where you know, you're never going to recreate what Stan and Jack did with that first Galactus story. Nobody ever will. So Hickman just gets it out of the way in the first three pages, and he's got all these reads from alternate universes fighting the Galactus of 2012. And it's only three pages, but he dealt with Galactus. It's done. Move on to do something new. And um, this issue focuses as Reed uh, travels uh, with the three leader Reeds, the three Reeds that are in charge, um, first, uh, first with the, the Reed in the business suit. Um, who I kind of like. He's kind of a classy read. Um, as he, as they discover that he's terraformed a planet to solve hunger, um, and this is how he's do how how Reed Richards can do good for the the, the universe. And then he goes on to uh, kind of hang out with the, I guess the medieval read, the Jeff Bridges read, the Jeff Bridges read with the the bald read with the big beard. Well, that's, that's that's he's got a little he's got a little doom in him. He's got. A, we find out that he's got a little doom in him, which and, is the best line I read maybe all week. <laughs> We've got a little doom in him, and he shows him how they deal with evil and how ultimately doom in every alternate universe, doom is the problem, and he won't quit. And so it's their job to rail him in and, and to rein him in and take him down to the hole and basically lobotomize. They lobotomize doom. Yep. So, um, and then and then finally he meets up with uh, Starfleet Reed, who um, <laughs> uh, who um, who is in some sort of you know you know uh, in, uh, upper dimensional space that allows them to solve. Cosmic problems like performing solid, surgery you know, on the universe, exactly basically. like you know, like saving a, a star from going supernova and saving billions of people and that sort of thing. Basically, showing them the the ultimate potential of what Reed Richards can do, and they invite him to join them. And ultimately, after a flashback of remembering Reed talking to his father and talking about his potential and what he could do to help people, Reed accepts, and just as he accepts, um, not, the the council gets broken into by the Celestials, <laughs> which it doesn't get much bigger than the Celestials. No. <laughs> So, I, yeah, you know, the, it's funny because the thing that really hooked me on this one was that 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 sort of here's the good part. Yep. Here's the bad part. You know, what do you think? And yeah. and when you look at those, those were those were Grant Morrison level 
yep. ideas. The 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 surgery on the and he loves he loves Grant Morrison. He's well, a big he's a big Morrison. Yeah, guy. and it shows. It clearly us. shows, and in a very good way. Like I was, I, I mean, it was, I was duly impressed by that imagination, and then also that just sort of that that balance of it. You know that yeah. the way they they did that. So and then and then I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how in the beginning of the issue after Galactus, there's a little interlude of the Fantastic Four family at breakfast with some effortless dialogue that was my favorite scene of the book it was great it was and it was just a glimpse it was just the gl- it was only a couple pages but you've got you know uh reed and sue dealing with franklin and his birthday party and johnny you know johnny storm being you know being being the human torch Jealous of spider-man because because yeah. <laughs> uh because franklin wants spider-man at the party and he and, that was his that was the thing that was really stand out by the about the miniseries was the yeah. doing the family that dynamics and and he he does that really well as, uh, Next to the big science ideas, he's got the great family dynamic. So he's the perfect guy because that's what you need to do for Fantastic Four. Yeah. They both have to make sense. They both have to work. Yeah. And the whole thing is just great. And Eaglesham's this is this is the best work I've ever seen from Eaglesham. Um, uh, Paul Mounts is coloring off of his pencils. So it's yeah. a lot tighter of a line than we've seen previously. Um, and he's, you know, he's referencing Kirby in his renderings of the fa- of the characters. I mean, they've got a little Kirby face to them, but he's also making them their own. His, his, yep. their, you know, like he's not aping Kirby style. Kirby style, he's um, I think is showing reverence to it. So um, I, I don't know. I hope I hope I hope that this can this can I, prove me wrong. Everybody start reading this. You know, I would love to see Fantastic Four be a top tier book again, and, and this team do it. Well, hopefully, so. I don't. I mean, I, I think it's a great book, but I don't. I don't. I mean, I think it's going to be great in certain circles. Yeah, and people who. But I. I mean, ultimately, I don't think it's going to move the needle any more than the Miller Hitch books will. Yeah. I just think that's just the, the the lot of the Fantastic Four, right? And 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 I could you know that that was my original hypothesis, but the Marvel fan in me, you know, like I, I want I want to be proven wrong. I guess oh, I think this I, I'd love it to be. I mean, I think even last issue was my pick of the week. I think we all picked this book, didn't we? Yeah, everybody. And, yeah. I mean, like all three of us. I know that Paul did the writer from our site, and 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 uh, it was a big people liked yeah. it. Yeah, big deal. So um, it's great. I and I, I think is I I let it, actually read this book last. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and I was, I had a lot of books to choose from. But by the time I got to it, I thought, well, I wasn't even thinking it would be an option. But I finished. I was like, wow, that was fantastic. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. It was the second book I read, and the um, the first book I read actually was Amazing Spider Man. Um, Amazing Spider Man number six, Amazing Spider Man number six oh six, partially because it had the black cat on the cover, but it also had Joe Kelly back as writing. Not that Van Lenthe wasn't good, but man, was the writing in this issue like sharp. It was pretty friggin' classic. Yeah, it was really, really good. Combined with, I think this was the best work McCone's done on Spider-Man yet. Some there, really was some, nice there was some stuff. R- really good layouts, really good stuff. Really like it was just such a strong issue, and it just it just I just can't believe how strong Amazing Spider-Man is right now. Like I don't I don't think it's been this strong of a title in twenty years. Yeah, no, not since yeah McFarlane. Yeah, exactly. Really, so, not yeah McFarlane uh, Michelini, I think. Yeah. But um, I love the the use of the spider emblem as panels, you know the the shape of the spider uh, the uh, on his back, you know the spider the spider on Spider Man's yes. back, yeah. Um, that was great, and and the stories, I mean, like the the sitcom esque opening scene with Peter and the wim- and his roommate and the crazy blonde and then MJ and then throw Black Cat into the mix, and this is like that's what what make P- makes Peter Parker so good is like juggling. Yeah, I, l- I love the escalating tension of it. Yeah. Just that, you know, as we you know he's he's talking to Michelle and then and then and then Nora shows up and then MJ shows up and it's just like it can't get any worse. That's that's Spider Man when it can't get any worse, it gets worse. Yep. And that's, and I, that's what you. What was also really nice about the black cat scenes is that you saw how they were playing out, and it was a little along the lines of he wasn't fighting crime with her; he didn't really know what to do, so he was kind of just following her around. Yeah. Instead of you know, the, you know, theoretically he should like, oh, well, I should be stopping her from doing this thing, but he's so taken aback uh, or nonplussed, if you will, that he. Uh, that, that he like kind of just keeps following her around and yeah. uh, it just like asking her questions and stuff and he's letting her go through with the whole burglary and doesn't do anything. And well, that's course, the power of boobs. And then of course shit goes to hell. Well, it's it's you know he always had a complex relationship with Black Cat oh, and he's it. always had tr- trouble stopping her yep. from committing crimes in the same way that Batman is with Catwoman and and it makes their relationship so much more complex than any other girl he's dated mm-hmm. there's a whole new layer to that and it's it's a fun one and the, it's a good 
Kelly's great with this with the romantic banter. Well, the, and the, there's an interesting there's an interesting uh, fact to the the creative team on this. You know, Kelly's doing great with the writing and the banter and the dialogue. McCone might be the best work, but a little touch of magic, Mr. Andy Lanning doing inks. True enough, <laughs> we're gold on every book he touches. He's, he's, so. he's a fantastic inker. We talk about him yeah. all the time as a storyteller, and he, I mean, he's got a very nice line, if yeah. I might and, say so. And and he really made McCone's uh, pencil sing. I mean, really so. Um, yeah, it's just it was great stuff. It was so so good. So yeah, so uh, I I like comics that don't move. This is a thing. It's a preference <laughs> that I have. A couple of weeks ago, a month ago, whatever you may have heard that uh, Spider Man wo- Spider Woman number Spider- one was released uh, as a motion comic on iTunes, and I decided I didn't really want anything to do with it because I heard it was going to be a real comic, and I thought that's 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 what I want, and I'm very happy that this is how I read it. Well, now, now, and here's the problem. Connor, did you watch the motion comic or? No, I'm, I have no interest in motion comics. Okay. Now, here's None. the thing is that is that because I'm a little more adventurous than the two of you, I've signed up to the motion comic. I subscribe to it. I'm getting every issue. And um, it, I'll tell you, it look, it was, it's Maliev's art in the motion comic. It, like panel, like it's all Maliev's art. Everything in this comic book is in the motion comic. The problem is the motion comic came out, what, like a month ago, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. And it completely ruined my experience reading this book because I felt like I, I've, I've read this already. Well, you did read it already. Yeah, I know. And so, it, like, so like, this was beautiful. Like, the art was amazing. Maliev is fantastic. Um, but it was just like, oh, it feels like a repeat. So well, this was that well, way. The thing is, I wanted to read the book. It, yeah. Like the fact that I mean, if if the other one was original story and it, I knew it wasn't going to come out in a book or something, I might have tried it just out of curiosity. But the fact that I was going to get to see Maliev's work in in comic book form again, I was I wasn't going. I didn't want to blow that. I suppose. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm very glad for it. Actually, I, I really like this. I, I think that because they've been teasing that Spider Woman story forever. And, well, it's been since they did Daredevil, which right. was yeah. This isn't even the story they've been teasing. No, you changed but, it. Ever, ever, yeah. But so. if you like, I, I guess it was Jesus. It's been so long now. I guess a lot of New Avengers early on, she was featured a lot, and I really really liked the way that Bendis played her. Um, yeah. and and I thought this was this was a fun way to go. It was a little. It, like reminded me of Alias, but without being quite as good as Alias, I guess. You know, the woman's down in, in the dumps. She's got a, but it was fun. It was it was good. It's, it's in no way. Uh, it was a good book. It was good, but it was a bit. It was a bit old. It felt old. Like uh, yeah. it's, it's 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 an old characterization of Spider Woman mm-hmm. from back before back during Secret Invasion time. It's uh, it's back to the scrolls. Which yeah. we put put in our rearview mirror, thank that's, God, that's, and now they're back. I, I, I'll give you that. I definitely felt that um, a little bit. Did you did you like so the interview? It's like a story that takes place like three years ago, basically, which is fine. It was good. I love the art, and and he he does a great Spider Woman, but it did, it did have that that veneer of feeling like I'm back in time, which mm-hmm. wasn't a good feeling. The little origin recap, uh, utilizing the Luna Brothers art and then the Secret Invasion art, I thought was interesting. Yeah. An interesting choice, like as opposed to recreating it. You know, Maliev kind of pulls it pulls it in. Um, uh, just to give you guys a detail, you might have missed by not watching, not by reading this or watching it in a motion comic. Uh, Spider Woman has a British accent, so She's British go. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was interesting because at one point, one of the balloons she refers to her mother as Mum. M-U-M. Yeah, I think well, I everybody, everybody forgot about that detail until the, the motion comic came out again, and everybody exactly, yeah. looked on Wikipedia to remember she was born in England. And then they said that that, that Wikipedia was wrong. I bet the people, <laughs> I bet the people in the UK didn't forget about that. They knew it all along. <laughs> She's one of ours, mate. It's <laughs> oh, the worst English accent you've ever done. Yeah, it really was. To, yeah, I I decided not to bother. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. So yeah, it was good, but it was it was kind of ruined for me, and now I'm just like, oh shit! I think I want to read the issues before I watch the the episodes. So have you watched the first three? The first three are out. I have not watched the third. I watched the second. So you um, just couldn't wait to get your hands on that one, huh? Well, I downloaded it. I, I, but whenever I download some like podcast or something like that, you get that little number and it just stares at you, and I just feel so I gotta watch it and just get it over with. Yeah, so. well, but according to comics, our writer Jim, yeah, we when you get stack. comics, you read them that night. Yeah, I do. Well, that's what I'm saying. According to our writer Jim, there are pages in the comic that aren't in the motion comic. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah, so the the the, the comic was a, had a little more padding. So, but you know, editing, you know, so. Um, all right, so uh, that, that's a whole lot of Marvel. Let's check in across the street with DC, and um, that was really like a radio kind of voice there. Yeah, te- <laughs> technically, they're, they're about 20 blocks north. Um, uh, I'm loving Blackest Night Superman, and I'm surprised that I am. We talked about it when it came out, but um, uh, this is like a horror book. It's yeah. great. It's really it's one of the really blackest night time. A lot of them have been pretty good, but I think it, that one of the things that's putting this one over the top is that 
Eddie Barrows can put together one hell of a big page, and and you yeah. know Robinson is is letting him do it. I guess when 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 Rucka started off on the, on action, Eddie Barrows was the artist, and I was like, who is this guy? Yeah, and uh, it's just more of the same here, real good. Well, I love but I all, love the, the they have the best use of the the spectrum. Yes, yes. So as you say, I love the use of the spectrum. I absolutely. It's, it's the this is the standout of all the t- uh, add-ons to Black Knight to use that so well. Um, I love that Superman is is in companies all the. At all times, all of the the emotions, and yeah. you get a little of that in Supergirl as well, um, or is it Superboy? Supergirl, or is it my my crazy? Superboy. It will change the times, yeah. But um, also Supergirl, also uh, Psycho Pirates, like the perfect dude. Zombie. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Connor's like, do you know why? Also, why I love this because Psycho, Psycho Pirate. I love, love Psycho, Pirate. Psycho Pirate. He's the best. <laughs> and the, and the, when, when you're dealing with a spectrum that deals with emotion, he's the perfect villain. And surprising. I mean, people talk about this on iFanboy. It's surprising that he wasn't being used in the main book because he could be like the most powerful one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, altogether, it's a great package. It is a, it is a horror book, totally. And uh, and the the Black Lantern costume removes the horrible offensive costume. So of who? Uh, of uh, Psycho Pirate. You're a jerk. You lose that Harlequin thing. I don't know. Green awesome. and red together. It's still, still there. Well. It's a it's awesome. the, the same costume. It oh, might shit. be the colors. I don't know. Oh well, no, they they just got rid of the faces on his chest and replaced I, with the black side. But the 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 checkerboard I'm, pattern is I'm still there. I'm just teasing you. But I, there's You're a jerk. There's no mask though. Did he? He didn't have the silver mask. Isn't he holding but, it? No. I is he holding it? Anyway. He takes it off in the beginning. That's yeah. that's how he he uses his power. But I love Psycho uh, Pirate. He's the best. It's a really great mini. This is a really strong mini. Yeah, there it is. It's all broken in the beginning. Yeah. You know, you know, there's something should be said about the colors on this. The guy Rod Reese, Rod Rice, whatever his name is, maybe yeah. related to Ivan Rice, but he's killing on this. I mean, you look at some of the 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 multicolor spectrum things, like when the let's say there's like a punch page where the you know the characters are all the different colors at the same time and. Really great stuff. So good. Um, but, you know, normally you guys are the ones loving Superman, but I, I, I could not love Superman's Secret Origin number one, too. Um, I, it blew, I read that. Say that like, again. You could not love it? I could, I could not love Superman. Okay. Was it not funny? <laughs> um, yeah, Jeff Johns, Gary Frank doing the Superman Secret Origin. It felt like I was reading Smallville. Well, like literally, I, I wanted Johns to have written Smallville after reading this. You know, the thing is that this is a completely rehashed story for the most part. It's something we've all seen, read, heard, watched many, many times before. So it's interesting that I could enjoy it as I did. I suppose. Um, you know, because well, like, it's funny because you because you you once long ago picked Green Green Lantern year one when that storyline was pure pick of the week. And people complained about the rehashing, and you mm-hmm. said rehashing didn't matter. Uh, no, actually, I think my premise on that was that before, like pr- prior to that, I it was annoying me. I didn't want, I didn't want it all the time. Like I think I had just read like the ninetieth uh, origin of some Marvel character retold again. Like I think I'd read like some Fantastic Four retelling, and I was just annoyed with the whole thing. So I tried to stay away from it. But in, you know, in the case of Green Lantern, though, they hadn't done it for a really long time, or at least I, I, if they had, I hadn't seen it. And in this, I, I really feel like. You know, this was just taking all the elements that work best out of comics and and the movies even, and and then you know Johns is updating. Um, but there was a lot of stuff that didn't feel new. But at the same time, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well oh, right. done and it was compelling. Which is just, I'm just, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, it just right. it, it felt right. And there's and as much of the comics uh, continuity or story or influence whatever is there, uh, there's a whole lot of Smallville in this. There's a lot of there's a lot of Donner. There's a lot of small. He takes everything. He takes yeah. what he needs to put this story together. And we know he's setting up the Superman timeline for the next however many years. I mean, this is it's interesting because this is the, like the last vestige of old time comics where they yeah. they used to reboot the or not reboot, but they used to retell the origin every five years because yeah. that's how often people you know they had the they, 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 they did studies that the turnover in comics was every four to five years. You'd stop reading them and people would come on, so they'd have to redo the origins. And for some reason that element of it is still stuck around mostly i think because people want to put their stamp on yeah now let me whatever let me ask this now is the thing with the glasses is that new i've never seen that before because that is flipping brilliant yeah uh for for a couple of reasons a it's like cyclops in the same he is in the way that he gets horny so his eyes light up that's that's from small small. okay yeah they did that Okay, but yeah. besides that, having an explanation for the really dorky glasses, in the same yeah. way that he came up with an explanation for the bow tie for Barry Allen, like, yeah. 
I mean, that's... well, the glasses explanation is is he you know he gets all around Lana, he gets all turned on, he shoots fire out of his eyes like you like you would. And, and, and also, who would have thought that Pa Kent uh, would be a, a backyard uh, optician and yeah. able to grind alien glass? I mean, <laughs> well, they do anything. He's they, they um they, they take they take the crystals from the ship, which they saw when he shot it with heat vision, didn't affect it. They make his glasses out of it so that if he shoots them out accidentally, he won't hit anyone. He sets the school on fire earlier, so that's yeah. that's the, a really neat device. The, I mean, the, 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 I'm just still blown away. I mean, like the the glass, the getting horny in the fire came from Smallville. Having Clark wearing the red and blue constantly came from Smallville. Um, even the that when Pete got his cast, Chloe signed the cast. Like I really think that that there's an acknowledgement of like people are coming into Superman from watching Smallville. So let's make Absolutely. and Pa can't sure. even look kind of kind of like uh, Bo Duke. Mm-hmm. And and he likes Smallville. He's a writer yeah. on Smallville occasion. Yeah. So they're bringing that part in. And the whole idea of Lex living there is not a Smallville idea. It's a it's a Silver Age right. Superman idea. Lex coming from Smallville. The tornado um, saving Lana in the tornado. That was Smallville. Oh, well, Jor-El, Jor-El's got a whole Marlon Brando thing going on, which yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um, from the Donner and the whole feel is Don and more Donner yes. than than Smallville. All I gotta say is that at some point in this miniseries, Remy Zero better make an appearance. <laughs> and it, but finally, the very last page of this I thought was just some magnificent, just art, just like yep. his character oh. acting, the body language of Clark as he's coming down the stairs in his silly outfit. Like that's he's great. not all proud with the shoulders out. He's all sort of hunched yeah. down and he feels like want, a he's dipshit because that's what he looks like. <laughs> yep. That's great. That was really well done. Now I'm just I'm just, stretches. I'm I'm just worried uh, about the next issue because it says next Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah, I don't care at all. Why would you? Yeah. Would you <laughs> that Legion story was the best story that that Johns did in his run on Action Comics. He really has a good handle on it, and he's. I mean, it's going to be one issue of him with the, um, meeting the Legion, which is going to be it's a classic part of the, the mythos. Does he get a uh, scorecard of all the characters? Well, when he meets them, there's only three. I know, I know. I'm teasing. I'm just I'm going for the easy joke. Mm. <laughs> Listen, jo- Johns will juggle 100 characters. Pfft, whatever. That's no big deal. Justice. Let me tell you about the time of the Justice League, buddy. Um, Justice Society. Whatever. Justice League 2. Whatever. He'll do a, he'll, listen, I'll do a Justice League of 35 characters. You just tell me. I'll do that. Um, <laughs> Robinson's doing that already. <laughs> yeah. Geoforce has got to be somewhere. How about a giant gorilla? Put him in. Put him in. Um, Corey Walker returned to art duties on Invincible number 66. I think he did a little bit in an issue earlier, but he did the first six issues. He's the, one of the co-creators of Invincible. Um, and, and over time, I've come to very much prefer Ryan Otley over what was done in that original issue. However, uh, he's come a long way, I think, since those first six issues of Invincible that he did because he did the art on issue 66 and on the upcoming 67, and I was, I was really impressed. Uh, he did that mini with him at Marvel. Yes, yes, he did the Destroyer mini at Marvel, um, but it's just really cool to see him come in, and, and I thought this 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 uh, this was a tour de force on the artwork on this one. There's a really great few pages where they sort of are showing all these dead Viltrumite bodies, and they back up a little more, and they back up a little more, and you see that all these corpses are forming the ring around a planet, and it was it was just a neat. It was like oh, that's good stuff right there. Um, I, I guess I just really noticed artwork a lot, and it, basically this is just. Uh, this is spending some time with Alan the Alien and uh, Invincible's dad, uh, and it was it was just fun. I, for some reason, whenever Alan the Alien shows up, it's a, it's a good time. People love him. People, I love him, and that's totally fine. Space <laughs> you know, it's a good gig is to be is to be him, Corey Walker, co-creator of Invincible, and not have yeah. to draw it anymore. Just get the checks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> from all those trade paperback sales. That is pretty sweet. So yeah, so before we move on, talk about the the the, uh, the rest of the huge stack of comics in front of me. Uh, I want to tell everyone about uh, Ivor's Comics and thank them for sponsoring this episode. A um, lot of lot of talk about uh, comics on the iPhone these days. A lot of people talking about digital comics and getting your comics in a format for the iPhone or your mo- or your mobile phone like an Android, like I have. Uh, and Ivor's has been leading the way. Uh, they've released a new version of their app, which is just ninety nine cents in the iTunes Music Store. Um, if you're an iPod Touch or an I- or a um, iPhone user. Um, it's only 99 cents, and with that, you get 30 free titles when you purchase it. So for a buck, you're getting the app as well as 30 free comics to check out. Um, and, I recently- yeah, and, the, and the, the app has been improved. If you, if you, ha- if you tried iVerse before and you, you yep. did sort of one comic at a time, everything was horizontal, 
and you sort of flip through the panels. With this one, you can always flip the phone back up uh, vertically, and you get to see the whole page. So you you can always have context for the thing that you're looking at. It's just a yeah. nice little touch they added. Yeah, it's really really good. They've done a really good job on it, and they're and they're taking feedback, and they're constantly improving it. And, and they got a big catalog of titles that include books from from Image. They got the Archie comics. They've got um you know a bunch of the Star Trek comics. They got Atomic Robo. They have Atomic a lot of Robo, yeah. So very cool stuff. Um, so make sure you head over to iversemedia.com forward slash ifanboy, and you find out all the details, how to download it. Um, if you don't have if you don't have an iPhone or iPod Touch, like I said, if you do have an Android phone, they have an app for that as well. Um, so definitely you know they're one of the big players when it comes to comics on the mobile phone. So check out Iverse Comics today. They have Archie. Archie. So hey, Archie. that's why I downloaded it. Archie. Woo. Um, mayhem. Anyway, um, uh, speaking of mayhem, uh, Mad Men number 17 uh, came out. And I hadn't talked about Mad Men in a while. Mike Allred. Is that the one when Don had his baby? No, it's not, not Mad Men. Mad Men. Oh. Um, but I, I just wanted to quickly highlight this because this is the last issue of this run. Um, Mike Allred did 17 issues in a row. You know, they all pretty much came out on time. Uh, they all were pretty cohesive and, and made more sense than in the past. <laughs> um, and this was a great kind of merging of, of, of all of his characters as Madman and his uh, team, the Atomics, meet up with the band The Gear and they join forces. And Red Rocket 7 makes an appearance. And kind of in the if you're a fan of the Allredverse, this is a nice little end cap to the series. And I look forward to what uh, he does in the future. And there are some awesome pinups in the back by James Jean, Raphael Grandpa, uh, Dave Johnson, uh, Joe Quinones, Jim Rugg. Like, That's a lineup. Uh, yeah, Fabio, Fabio Moon and Gabriel Ba. Like, yeah. great. I mean, if, if anything, get this book just for the pinups in the back. So I want a verse. Uh, was the blackface scene uncomfortable? <laughs> yes, it was. It was awkward. Oh. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, so Mad Men number 17. It was a great run. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad that, uh, that he pulled it off. Hey, is guys, he done now? There's no more. Well, no he's more? taking a break from it. And he's going to do some other stuff. Um, and he and he said he is going to come back to the Madman verse. But he's you know he did this. He want, said what he want to say. He's going to move on. And and but he'll 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 be back in a couple of years. Uh, I you guys remember there was this comic book series that came out and it was like huge big deal, and and Mark Miller wrote it and then it got really behind. Well, I guess huh. I should be more specific. Oh, heroes! Oh, was it Ultimates? Oh no, was it Civil War? Oh, can we keep? Oh, we can do this all night, people. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, the final issue of of Old Man Logan came out, and I'm gonna get try to get this giant size Wolverine Old Man Logan number one. Why even make it number one? And actually, if you look in the indicia, it's a- the actual title, as reported to the audit bureaus, is Wolverine Old Man Logan Giant Size Number One. <laughs> there it is. So this is the final chapter to the um what was heralded as to be epic old man Logan story. Um and uh This is my least favorite of the issues, I think. Yeah, pretty much. I agree. I I, I thought there was a couple of things that I, I, I enjoyed it. Looks beautiful. I gave it, I gave it a beautiful. four I gave it a four stars. Yep. But I enjoyed it less as I as I thought about it more at the end. My three problems with it were number one, the whole thing is Wolverine confronts the Hulk family, kills all the people and kills the Hulk, but one, the Hulk is just as invulnerable as Wolverine is. Yep. He heals just like Wolverine does, so at the end, he'd, he wouldn't be dead. Number two, he's, he eats Wolverine. Wolverine busts out of his stomach, and that's how he kills him. But he would know that Wolverine is not going to – Yeah. That was, he's going yeah, to know he's going to reform in his stomach. You see, number three, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought the art was a little weak this time around. I thought it was, I thought it was really stiff in places yeah. and didn't really have that dynamic flow that McDivens art usually has. I thought some of the panels were really good and nice, but some of the action sequences just came off as really stiff. I'm going to tell well, you what my, your problem with this issue is they killed Clint Barton a little while back. Well, that I was going to say, was it? I was going to say, yeah, after Ronan died, it feels as if it got. Um, uh, <laughs> It lost a little bit of its steam. I think. I really think the story was the cross country journey and what was going on with Clint. And this was like th- this. This was like the last twenty minutes of the Lord of the, of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You know what I mean? I like which, it. Which you fell asleep at. <laughs> no, no, I fell asleep <laughs> during the elves. During the elf part, not the last twenty minutes. But um, but yeah, I feel like like it. It ended with the with the Red Skull on the East Coast and everything like that. I didn't need this this little end cap. Personally, yeah. Well, they, uh, I mean, I, I get like the thing is, it, what was really nice. It's a, it's a compliment. This is in no way a bad comic book, but I think the other ones are no, oh. so good that it, you know you, you do you do think about it. Plus, we had to wait a really long time for it. So, uh, you know, Hulk Wolverine is this was this was Marvel fanboy porn, porn. So it makes sense that the last thing it would be the Hulk Wolverine fight because that's 
ultimate Marvel fanboy born. And the yep. other things that was really nice, it was a very nice sort of, you know, it was a Western theme for the whole thing. And the end of it had a very, very Western cap. I thought that was I loved fun. the end after. You know, the, yes. when he gets back to Logan's ranch, buries his family, goes off in the sunset. Yeah. The art in that sequence was spectacular. I'm looking oh. at it right now, and the, the pages with Wolverine and the, and the, and the duster and the, and the hat and the, his face all in shadow was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I loved the pacing of it and the coloring is nice. That's my favorite part of the book. And yeah, I also, was, I like the, you know, you, you notice he, he, he could do more of these if he wanted to. They set that up. I'm like, well, yeah. what are you going to do now? I don't have anything to do. I guess I'll just take care of the bad guys. Yeah. I'll kill them all. Yeah. Um, and while we're on the Wolverine topic, uh, Wolverine first class number 19 came out and, um, you know, number one of Scotty Young covers that he's been doing. This is, this is my favorite of them all. Um, it was a a cover of the week on my family. Oh, it's fantastic. Wolverine and and Kitty Pryde in space. It was the winner. But but if I, if I had ranked those, it's like, that's the best cover I saw this week. Easy. It was fantastic. But, uh, Dennis Clara did the, did the art and the interior art and it was really good. It was really, really good. It had a, it had a much, you know, he's got, a, he's got a little more of a cleaner look, you know, like almost like photo, you know, photorealistic-y kind of look. Um, and this first class has always been a little cartoony, a little jokey. It was a nice change of pace, um, so I enjoyed it a lot. So good job. This is the, now our third of five books. Yeah, third of five X books, right? Yes. Yeah. So the so that was the first two X books. So now we're getting a little X Men corner, and I'm sorry, a lot of X books came out this week. Um, but quickly, Uncanny X Men number five fifteen came out, and uh, Greg Land's back. How? Who let him in? <laughs> That's all I want to know. Who let him in? But um, but that said, coming out of the Utopia thing, and now the you know Cyclops has set up the X Men on, on Asteroid M, and uh, I really like I, I f- fractions pulling this off. I really like the direction it took in this issue. It was really good. But what I thought was really funny was that. There's all this hoopla about the the face off against the Avengers, and they quarantine themselves on Asteroid M. And they're they're this issue is Cyclops and the leaders, you know, and Storm and White Queen and Professor X, everybody trying to figure out how they're going to pull this off. And Cyclops goes into San Francisco to meet with the mayor, and the mayor yells at him, and she's like, "Hello, do you want to talk to me before you do these sort of things?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know if we're safe." And she's like, "You're not wanted for anything. Why are you doing this?" Like there was like a moment of realistic reaction to what the insanity of this crossover was, and I thought that was a nice little way to bring it around and frame it up. Uh, Did the beast quit? Uh, no, but he's on. He's on, he's teetering. He's on the edge. Is he on? Uh, he should be an Avenger again. He should be an Avenger again. Yeah, awesome. But it ended with the um, with with the return of Magneto, which is pretty cool. Da- Dark X Men: The Confession Number One. Why did this come out? Why even bother? Why didn't this come out three months ago? Moving on. Um, Dark Reign, the list, uh, Dark Reign, the list, X-Men number one, um, focusing on Namor versus Norman, uh, could care less for the story, but Alan Davis Davis. is like porn. So good. So is Namor official X-Men now? Yeah. He's basically the X-Men have given refuge to all the Atlanteans and Namor has joined up. So Namor is an X-Man. So he's not a mutant. Yeah, he is. He's the, he's the first mutant. He is. Yes, he he's the first, he's Marvel's first mutant. So the Atlanteans are mutants? No, no but is. Namor is a mutant of of the uh, a mutant Atlantean. He's got wings on I his see. feet. Now, we oh. were talking about this in the, in in my shop today. Does, when he flies, do the wings flap? Yes. I imagine. I, I say yes, yeah. So. Yeah, they do flap. Yep. I mean, okay. it's, anyway. it's stupid for all I mean, I, I don't have an aeronautics degree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an engineer. I don't I don't claim to know how that works, but I'm I'm just like surface area to weight ratios. Uh, I don't even know what I'm saying. Hey, I, I, New Avengers number 57 come out. I'm enjoying this. Is that weird? No. no. Okay, good. Phew. <laughs> uh, it was good. My only issue was that I thought this is the weakest of the imminent art yet. I'm just really? so happy that it's Stuart Imminent on there, and I'm like, the dude can do – He's just—it's so. There was some, there was some stuff in this really that was really good, but there was some. And I'm going to pull a Josh now. There, I had some storytelling issues. Um, they there was uh, when they escaped in the Avengers plane. Um, on one in one panel, Bucky or Cap Cap Bucky is up front, like flying the plane, screaming at everybody to get in the air. And then three panels later, he's standing on the um, on the gangplank as Spider Man jumps out, going no. You know, like, you're, you're just, right, and also he threw his shield down, and it bounced. But like, you know, then he just kind of had it again, and there was like that. The, also, that escape, like the plane comes down in the middle of everything, and did all the villains just stand around? Yeah, exactly. Somebody yep, yep. do something while they 
take the time to lift their fallen friends and pull them into the plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Does, anyone, does any of these 97 supervillains standing around have anything to do about this? Listen, I don't know. It's, I got like, the, it's like in the movie when people when the, the, the one guy fights the group, but he fights them one at a time. I got the yeah. God of War. They don't, they, going, don't, oh. they don't beat on him in a circle. Yeah. yeah. But that's, also, Night Nurse got like super hot. No, Night Nurse. What? Why did they ruin Night Nurse? It's true. She was. Oh, she was but, so much better when she was like the fifties nurse. Yep. She was. She was kind of normal looking, normal size. Now she's like Playboy bunny well, proportions. They walk. They walked into her clinic and somebody. Go, and somebody says, uh, "No, Ms. Marvel says, are you the Night Nurse?'" And I went, "No, she's not." <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, I, I got to admit, when Mockingbird landed the plane instead of Avengers Assemble, that was pretty cool. It that was, was, and I, I like the Luke Cage storyline because yeah. now. Yeah. It, They've got to pay off that thing that they set up earlier from that other yeah. really good single issue when he told Norman to fuck off, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, good stuff. And finally, we mourn as Wednesday Comics number 12 came out, ended the uh, experiment of news- one-page newspaper comics by DC Comics, and um, I think we were better off for having this experience. Uh, we you know, do not had- mourn Wednesday Comics. We oh. rejoice in, in what they brought us all. We remember it's Wednesday fan- Comics. It was fantastic. And Kershaw, I don't know the rank anymore. Then Kershaw's the Flash win, uh, wins overall. I think so. Eh, yeah, I wouldn't say that. Uh, who? What was better? <laughs> well, many of them. Yeah. I want. I want. I thought Kershaw's the Flash veered off too in close to Wonder Woman territory at times, where it got too small. There was too much dialogue. I, I noticed. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, word yeah. balloons got really small and type got really small at some yeah. points. Um, yeah. But uh, I saw a Dan DiDio interview and they asked him about more Wednesday comics. He's like, eh, maybe, like. <laughs> You know, not too. Yeah, uh, you know, let me worry about having. A, let me worry about having a job. <laughs> I'm hey. not even sure the name of my company. <laughs> I don't know why I talk with a high voice now. Seriously, is there a gas leak in here? What's going on? <laughs> is that you, Jim? Yes, it Mouse is. Comics. How are you doing? <laughs> Oh, it's uh, good times. <laughs> anyway, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Uh, we want to thank Audible.com. Audible is the place for audiobook. You can download them to your iPod or any of the devices you may have. There are many, many devices available and listen to them. Uh, they've got over 60,000 titles across every genre of book you can imagine from fiction and nonfiction. You can go to audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy to sign up and get a free audiobook and a 14-day trial. The Audible Pick... Uh, that, that I chose this week uh, is Blood and Thunder, an epic of the American West by Hampton Sides. I actually just read this physical book, um, and, but this is a 21-hour 20, full rereading of it, um, and it's a story of Kit Carson and the expansion of the American West before and throughout the Civil War, and if you like uh, U.S. history, this is something that I don't think we see a lot of, and I, I learned a ton about the expansion and the Indian Wars and the Mexican Wars, and it was very, very compelling. So that's a good. Well, there are there are there are a lot of books about that. I know, but this is a good one. I can I can confirm it. All right, all right, all right. So, um, a lot of thank you, Audible, for sponsoring us. Um, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash ifanboy. Um, so there were I know I'm saying it again, reiterating the message, call to action. Um, so a a lot of comic books came out this week. You can go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. They're all listed there. Um, you can do your pull list. You can rate and review them. We want to highlight a couple of reviews this week. And our first review comes from changing shades who wrote a review of underground number one from image comics, uh, with story four out of five and the art four out of five. And this was uh, written by Jeff Parker and drawn by Steve Lieber of whiteout fame. And at the time of recording, nobody made it their pick of the week. And Changing Shades says, uh, well, this is a very unique book. It seemed to rely on the characters more than setting up the story. I mean, there was a cave plot, but it seemed more interested in how the rangers interacted with the townspeople or how the Indian business guy was a glorified car salesman. And I have to say, I really liked that. All the people introduced here seemed seemed archetypes instead of cliché. The art was really good too. I like how townsfolk look. I liked how the townsfolk look, and the way the caves look did a good job of making it feel different. I don't know if Donald ever finished and produced his caving comic, but I remember having the same feel down in the caves. I really am straining to think of something I didn't like about this issue, and I'll be damned if I can think of one. The only reason this book won't sell a hundred thousand copies is because people aren't willing to try something different. Uh, did either of you pick this up? Or I did. This was my favorite yeah. thing that Jeff Parker's ever written. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know what? I was really looking forward to this. Uh, his mainstream work is not all, all that often resonated with me, but this is kind of like this is my thing. When you you're taking a story that is basically not 
as far as we know, it's not based in, in fantasy or anything. It seems to be a real-life story, and it's about politics, and there's a relationship going on, and it's set in a place in America that I don't know as much about. seems to me I, – I forget where it is. They're in, in Tennessee. It's like or, Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky or something, or something like, like that. that. And, yeah. uh, you know, like the, the, there's all these different forces in the little town, and it's just a little – you know, small town, uh, new American sort of fable with the kind of things that we deal with now and environmentalism and great stuff. Really good. Um, yeah, I thought I just thought there was a lot of setup. There's a lot of setup. It's a first issue. Yeah, I know. I know. And, and I'm sure the second <laughs> issue, the second issue will move it a little forward. But I like Lieber, I have, uh, Lieber color work, uh, you know, which I haven't seen a lot of. I've seen a lot of his black and white work. Um, I dug it. I liked it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this whole series and issues. I know, Connor, you'll probably wait for the trade. So, yes. Um, all right, cool. On to our next book, which I bet I bet you were afraid we weren't going to talk about it. Jeff R. wrote about Detective Comics 857. He gave a story of four out of five, and he art a four out of five. What? And the pick of the week percentage was 3.9% of all the iFanboy users. And, this, and Jeff R. says, this issue marks the end of the elegy story, which began this relaunch of Batwoman. The, the, art, the art couldn't be more gorgeous. Apparently it could. It could. It could be one more, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Between the intricate layouts, which showcase the duality of Kate and Alice, as shown on pages 1 and 18 through 18 through 19, and the eye-popping colors that Dave Stewart is laying down, we comic book readers are getting a clinic on how to tell a story visually. I remember reading pages 18 and 19. My eyes, as they naturally do, went straight to the dialogue. Slowly, my peripheral vision began nagging at me. What's with Batwoman posing in the middle of the page? I thought to myself, drawing the page away from me caused the entire layout to come into view, and it took, away, took my breath away. It's almost too bad that J.H. Williams III is doing his art chores in this book because he's so brilliant that he's overshadowing Greg Rucka's very fine script. How good – what does this guy have to do to get a five out of five? My God. I am double-checking this because that was all hyperbole, but you guys continue to talk. This, like is, this, is the, uh, this is the best issue since the first issue. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, it, and, it, might, and it comes close to maybe beating the first issue, um, but I don't think it did. But um, it was this is a, this is totally a five out of five book, both for the writing and the art. It, and the art, it was just amazing. Like that first page with the, you know, w- with the faces and the, uh, the oh, eyes. Oh, I'm sorry, and, Jeff. He gave it a five out of five. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Your typo. It wasn't my typo. That was Connor's. Connor did these. Yeah, you know what though? Good joke. Thank you. Yeah, it, was <laughs> it was a good joke. joke. The layout, the, the layouts. Uh, I love layout. I'm a, I'm a uh, design nerd, and the layouts on this every issue are just so amazing. I thought the art was was was. I mean, it's been great the whole time. I thought it was really, really a notch above what he's done already. I, I wonder. Uh, I, I I really wish we. And next time we talk to Rucker, we should find out. But I really wish how many of these issues were done years ago and then shelved, and then when did he pick back up? Because I want to see where if there's a difference or a drop off or a change or something like that. You know. Um, but uh, yeah, that that page page eighteen nineteen with the yin and the yang kind of circle yeah. layout was just amazing. So, and I also felt like I had a better handle on the story in this issue. If there's one complaint about the book, it's been that I've I've been on holding on with my fingertips to the story. Yeah. Whereas in this issue, I felt like I really had a good handle on what's going on. And not only that, I thought the backup was great too, and I thought oh, the, yeah. the backup's getting more and more intriguing. This one, the backup here felt very much like Queen and Country. Yeah. Which I know we keep saying with Rucka, but this was very much there's a lot of like espionage work going on and, and sort of the one woman infiltration, and it felt very much like that. Well, I've been reading Gotham Central, so now when I you know because I've gotten fresh with it, to see a Renee Montoya story, like I'm I'm thinking of it in those contexts and seeing how far she's come, and I find it very interesting. Yeah, Good you know stuff. my favorite page was the last Batwoman page where it goes from black and white grayscale, yeah. less grayscale to full black and white. Like that was cool. The story sort of fading out. That was really nice. Cool. It was brilliant. It, it it almost makes every other book look horrible. Yeah, comparison. yeah, totally. So um, yeah, if so you, if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> so many books this week. So many, such a good week. I actually had a light lightish week. Really? Yeah. yeah, I had twenty. I didn't buy forty five X Men books. That's I, yeah. That's my problem. That's my problem. I had twenty books. So. Yeah. Sorry. So and if you want to, if you had all these books and you want to spend less for them, you can go to Discount Comic Book Service. They've got monthly special up to seventy five percent off. 40% off all their major publishers, and they got a flat rate shipping of $5.95 on all U.S. orders, which you know is important because books are heavy. You can buy anything that's listed in previews, and they got over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock. You can track your orders online at discountcombookservice.com. That's where you go to get your cheap monthly issues. Mayhem. Sweet. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Right. 
So um, uh, we're going to be – we have so many books. We're running a little short on time, so we're going to skip the emails. But make sure you write in and uh, email us at contact.ifanboy.com with your questions. And you can always check out every Friday on ifanboy.com. We have our letter column where we answer your questions there as well. Um, so write in, contact.ifanboy.com. Everybody's doing it. Um, voicemail is back, and you all called in, and that's great. And uh, we're going uh, to tee off this little voicemail segment with a question following up on uh, Strange Tales, number one. Hey, this is Josh. Uh, I just picked up your recommendation for uh, Strange Tales, the Marvel thing, and uh, I was hoping you guys could do something. You know, give me, point me in a direction of indie. I mean, you've touched upon it, but I, I really want something that's, you know, like give me an artist that's kind of fringe. You know, like I want Marvel DC, but something that's in that vein, but a little more indie. I want to start getting my feet wet with the indie. Uh, that'd be great. Thanks, guys. John, come on. Indie comic. Come on. Indie comic. <laughs> Josh. Wait, that's your name. Josh. Holy shit. Oh, shit. I'm talking to myself. Uh, indie comics are not some strange entity. They're stories like any other. And you could, I'm sorry, but you can read comics that, that don't have anything to do with Marvel and DC, and you're going to be just fine. You watch TV shows, I assume, about all sorts. You don't, don't, Movies, don't anything like I that. Don't say I want to step outside of my normal dining patterns and then go to Denny's and order the Southwest chicken salad. It's not. <laughs> come on. We've we we've done hundreds of shows and showcase all sorts of books from all over the place, and and there's there's plenty of stuff. Yeah, go out, go out. I mean, the thing is, Marvel and DC is great. We talked the majority of the stuff we talked about here in the audio show is Marvel and DC, but you know, there's so many great indie books that we read. We talk a lot about them on the video show, but like, and straight and use Strange Tales as your guide. Yeah, there is exactly. a list of creators, and go out and find their work. Go, go find Jason's work and see how crazy awesome it is. Um, Paul Pope's work. That's kind of you yeah. know, That's you know what? That's even kind of strange. I'll give you that. Yeah, um, and, and, and <laughs> reprint, they reprint, DC's pr- reprinted a lot of Pope's work, which you can get now. Strange Tales number two or three, I think, is coming out. Uh, number two is coming out. I think has a the Matt Kent Black uh, Black Widow uh, oh. story, which I saw the original art at Windy City Com- Comic Con this past weekend. It's amazing. Read that, and then go buy Super Spy. Yes. Like seriously, like oh. Uh. Okay, though, it's, if you if you want a place to go that that doesn't feel that far out of your wheelhouse, uh, but you I'm I'm telling you, get out of Marvel and DC for this though. So go get uh go get Jeff Lemire's Essex County trilogy. Yes. Uh, do that. You're going to like that. And then check because out – Because then, out then you know what? Because then you know what? Jeff Lemire hinted to us in San Diego that he might be doing superhero work soon. So you know, so that lays the groundwork. But yes, box office poison. Awesome. Listen, I got a uh, I mean if, if you want to be really comfortable, you go to, you know, you go to Boom and you get the you know, Irredeemable. And so you're sort of stepping a toe out into the water go, go of go to Im- Marvel go to, DC. Go to Image. Go to and Vision up, Invincible and Walking Dead. And, pick up Underground Number 1. Just came out this week. Try something different. You know? well, went, so. I went to the McDonald's. I got the, I got the French vanilla roast. Ocachino. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, so take a chance. It's okay. It'll be all right. It's not scary out there. No, it's not. It's we all, nice. all three of us, enjoy indie comics in much different way, realms, much different kind of creators, and we all get something different out of it. And you can too. The water's so. fine. Die. <laughs> So um, I like indie books like Avengers Initiative. It's a good indie book. <laughs> so I don't know why we're giving the 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 ignorant comic fan a southern accent. That's kind of oh, bad. I didn't <laughs> point did it I out. That? Yeah, you did. Yeah, no, we all I, did. I did it. It was a. It was just sort of a. Well, it was an imbecile voice, but it wasn't necessarily. <laughs> All right, call and leave us a voicemail. One eight 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 fanboys. This is one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. We're so. gonna get shit for this. We're trying to put on an entertaining show. Yes, okay. we are. We love you. <laughs> I love, your name is Josh. I love you. We yeah. haven't made fun of Canada in years. <laughs> Remember so, we did it all the time? They had it yeah, coming. we did. Yeah, they did. They did have it coming. <laughs> they've, been, they've been fairly quiet with their, with their health care. We all got so. it coming, kid. <laughs> all right so um so we mentioned that uh this this podcast is brought to you by ifanboy listeners like you and and you if you enjoy ifanboy there are many ways you can help out ifanboy to uh kind of keep us going we love doing the show for you we love not charging you for it we love doing ifanboy.com uh we love doing the, the video show when it comes back so you you know you might be sitting there going how can i help out well let me just break down simply how you can help us out uh go to ifanboy.com and click on the banners um you know there are banners from you know amazon from our sponsors that pay to put banners on ifanboy.com click those it's simple easy if you're on the site for 10 minutes click a banner that's all just once you know every little bit helps 
Um, go to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon. There you can buy anything from Amazon and it helps us in the process. Um, you can buy video games, DVDs, uh, comic books. Think of, look at that. Comic books, graphic novels at Amazon. It helps anything, us. Anything. Yeah, it doesn't cost you anything. Yes, everything. Exactly. Prophylactics. They've they got, got the, it all. They, they got the edible panties. Yep, they do. They have the, mas- the they massage got, oil too. They got it in the big sizes. <laughs> Wow, scented <laughs> massage oil. Big candles sizes. What is what is wrong with you? <laughs> Go ahead, look up, look up the edible panties and check the sizes. I bet they got them in the big sizes. <laughs> oh God. No, anyway, <laughs> listen. Maybe you're hungry. They're edible. It's not. I don't know why it's got to be disgusting. <laughs> cherry it's is like a two little, puppy stuff back there. Cherry is a little too sweet. Just so you know, you want to. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but, uh, really, if you do, really do want to help us and, uh, keep iFanboy, uh, keep the lights on, uh, the two best things you can do is go to the iFanboy.com, uh, go to iFanboy.com forward slash store. That's where you can find our t-shirts, uh, that we're selling. Uh, the Power Responsibility shirt, uh, is still available, the, the, uh, possibly Spider-Man influenced shirt, uh, as well as the Herm shirt is on pre-order and, uh, the pre-order is coming to an end and it's going to be available for purchase come October. So, um, go there, purchase those. Um, they're $15 and they help, uh, uh, support iFanboy and you get a badass t-shirt in the process um, and finally you can become an iFanboy member uh, for $4 a month or $42 a year you get an iFanboy prize pack which, which got a bunch of buttons and stickers and a random comic book from our collection and if you got a little more money you can uh, sign up for the $10 a month or $100 a year where you get the whole prize pack with the buttons and the stickers and the comic book plus the iFanboy members t-shirt and iFanboy members are eligible for giveaways last week we gave away a huge top shelf um, that was last week right? yes yeah. A huge top shelf uh, uh, prize pack. Package, yeah. yeah, we've got another. We've got a big, big, big one coming up in October that you want to become a member for and be eligible for. Um, so definitely sign up to become a member today. And you know, we really appreciate. Want to thank everybody who's done any one of the things that I just talked about. You are the people who uh, we're doing it for, and we can't do it without you. And so um, we just want to thank you. You are not the ones who are the ball lickers. <laughs> You are not the ones who are the ball lickers. But seriously, you're our favorite people in the world. We just want to thank you for helping us out. A quick note on the members' packages. We ran out of buttons. Yep. So we, we had to reorder more buttons. So if, you ha- if you've been become a member in the last month or so, you probably are wondering, where's my members' package? Well, yep. as soon as you get more buttons and stuff in, we'll be sending them out again. So hold tight. Yep. Our, our buttons are handmade by children in Guatemala. So they <laughs> Well, they've got little fingers, and the buttons are little, so it requires uh-huh. delicate work. And the oh, thing dude. is, those pins take them out left and right, so they're constantly <laughs> replacing the stock. <laughs> uh, how many members? How many members do you think that I've lost for us this episode alone? Go ahead. Uh, and, and we'll be more offended with that, or with the fact that Connor didn't love Old Man Logan. I don't know. <laughs> and it could go either way. I think. The thing is, when the kids cut their fingers in the buttons, there's a lot of blood poisoning that goes on. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Constantly having to traffic in more they, kids. You gotta catch that early. That's they the, that's they live in filth too. I mean, let's be honest. Right. Filth. The filth gets in there, rickets and stuff. I don't even know what rickets are, but <laughs> they get the gout. Sounds bad. Oh. Get gout. Yeah. Clubfoot. Turf toe. No. no. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. So we have a couple other podcasts to tell you about from this week. This week in if rickets. You look back in the- <laughs> this week in rickets is our new show or- where we talk about medical issues and really. <laughs> It was a shocker that one. Do a I learned a lot of advice things. show. <laughs> without merit. We could take we could take voicemails and answer questions. Oh, you want to drink a tincture of uh, black tea and uh, brown sugar? Bottom. What you gonna do is you gonna, you're gonna go outside. You're gonna make a poultice, okay? <laughs> you get some mud. You get some berries, some sticks. You put that over the wound. Let it sit there for about a week, and sacrifice a squirrel. <laughs> My advice for everything will be leeches. <laughs> leeches. Anyways. In addition to this week in Ricketts, we've got a special edition podcast looking at surrogates, the film based on the top shelf graphic novel, which uh, you can find on the uh, feed behind this show. Very exciting. As well as our murmur podcast, you may recall two weeks ago we had the fall TV preview, and this week we have sort of a cornucopia of different topics with me and Josh and Jim and Paul, our writers from my fanboy. And murmur, right? But they would know them for my family. Right, yeah, I know, but they yeah, so <laughs> they write for both sites. They do. Fine. So yeah, so uh, don't forget that the the surrogates uh, podcast will be directly under this one. So go back to iTunes and download it manually, or you can just watch, listen directly off of yeah. iFanboy.com. Yep. That's the choice. If uh, that's indeed. your thing, make with the URL clicking to the iFanboy.com read Ron's pick of the week podcast review. 
or no, pick of the week review. I'm very tired. And all I'm going to start, gonna start reviewing the podcast. I'm going to start reviewing the podcast. Written, which would be uh, meta. Uh, all sorts of conversations going up there. Here's one thing I do know. If you want people to talk, you want people to post on something, you put up a story about Alan Moore saying something, anything, or, or, or digital comics. Either of those are going to work every single time. There's all sorts of conversation going on is what I'm trying to say. You can go to ifanboy.com slash about to learn about who we are and find links to other ways to interact with us on the internet. Uh, also, yes. we have a video show you may have heard about. Uh, it's on break right now. It'll be back in a little while, but not too long. I wonder what Alan Moore thinks of digital comics. He That's an article. Alan Moore has never even heard of a computer. <laughs> doesn't know. You can email us at contactlifefanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697, with any questions or comments, concerns, discussion topics for this show, for the weekly letters column, for the video show, and we do those shows for all kinds of things. I got Call us. books, video shows, and, full. And if you like uh, iFanboy, go to iTunes and write a review. It's a great way to uh, show your support and to have, help other people discover podcasts when they search for things and that sort of, that sort of dealy. Um, or better yet, uh, tell your friends and the other folks at your comic book store, anybody who listens to podcasts or might be in the comics that iFanboy exists. Tell them about the great uh, website and podcast that we do and spread the word that way. Uh, we really help, really appreciate everybody. And I got to say, I was in Chicago at Windy City at the Windy City Con last week, and there was a bunch of people in iFanboy member shirts, which was awesome. Uh, Luke Bat from New Zealand was there. Jeez. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Um, uh, it was – and a whole bunch of people came up to me and thanked me, thanked me you know, for what we do, and I thank them for listening. And so thank you if you came and said hi. Um, but it's great to see iFanboy members and fans uh, you know, and, and iFanbase members being uh, at cons. It's really cool. So, yay. From New Zealand. Did you talking about this week in Ricketts? New Zealand, yeah. He, I guess he's in America traveling, and, they, and he's like, oh, I'll go to Chicago. So he oh, just so he didn't Chicago. come for that show. No, no, no. He, it was he a happy, came all the way out to meet Ron. Hello, Ron. I came here Awkward. to meet you. Oh, hey. <laughs> it was really cool, and he was wearing his member shirt. It was awesome. So. Badass. I wish did we could just get Did he start your conversation with a rundown of who was in the conversation? Uh, no. Present. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, I got it. I got it. I got it. Just so you know. Feel <laughs> that was for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a packed week. I'm exhausted. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I got this boil. Uh, <laughs> and I was wondering Leeches, leeches <laughs> Bleed it Bleed it Ugh, <laughs> Ugh. Bloodletics Oh, you are